Hello, hello, good evening, and welcome to one more episode of the Departure Gate podcast. I am your host, Katia Winner, here with the most recently limited contestant here at the beautiful waterfront, watching another golden Maltese sunset here on the island of Malta here in Valletta. With me is the most recently limited contestant, the last member of the peanut gallery, although our cast doesn't know that yet, and the person who really should have been on the Valletta tribe since her name is Vanetta. Welcome in here. How are you doing, Katya? I'm feeling blessed. I'm feeling highly loved. And I'm just happy to be here tonight. Well, we're glad to have you. It's nice to hear that you have an upbeat attitude, even though uh, you were sent home right before this double travel council, that tonight um, is the extra baggage twist, which, again, our players don't know. Both players that are about to be voted out uh, will progress on to the merge part of the game and be on the jury. So, I know it's a bittersweet feeling, but you are the last member of the peanut gallery. So in a way, you are the face of the three jurors here. So I hope that there's some, if not pride in that, some value in that. Because at the end of the day, you do know that even though you're on the free jury, one thing unique about the series is your role in the game is not over. Even if you don't have a vote yourself, you and the peanut gallery will be casting a collective vote for a winner. So I hope that you take some, uh, you take some pride in that and you take that seriously. Oh, uh, yeah, no, that's an, honestly a huge honor. Even though being an early out sucks, it's, it's still profound to have power when it really comes down to the late in the game. Yeah, and I mean, don't discount either that the pre-jury vote might not matter. Uh, Tim, who is listening in, won't be able to talk, but last season, the vote came down to the Peanut Gallery's vote. Ian won on a 4-3-3 vote by the Peanut Gallery, won the All-Stars game. So, especially with only three of you casting votes due to the Marcus and Kathy scandal, which we'll talk about your feelings on that as well. Um, you know, you, there's only three of you, but your three votes could end up turning the, turning the outcome of this game at the end of the day. Last season, that is what happened. I mean, hey, I'm used to having hopefully three votes in the pocket, uh, at least in my head, because clearly it wasn't in the cards in the game. Well, you know, it happens, and we're, we're going to get into that. Um, so first of all, I just hope that even if you were sent home relatively early, you know, you did spend almost two weeks in the game. So I do hope that even if you're sitting here with me tonight, that you, on the whole, had a really good experience and enjoyed your time while you were in the game, especially uh, being on a men versus women tribe. You seem to really lean into that. Honestly, I mean, honestly I took that talk that the season was, and I, I really tried to run with it thinking, oh, okay, it would be super easy just to get everyone on the same page in a mob mentality sort of way. There's definitely people who have done that, I and mean, we've seen both men's and women's alliances, um, you know, in past orgs, especially, you know, if you've been around long enough, like I have been playing since 2010, you can make alliances out of anything. That's one of the beauties of them. Um, but obviously, unfortunately, it, it came up short. Do you think maybe you were a little too out of the radar? Do you feel like you didn't click, you didn't have to be the right girls on your tribe? Um, who were some of your favorite girls and what were some of your favorite moments from your time here in Malta? Well, honestly, the favorite girl award has to go to Dominique. By far, we connected pretty much on an instantaneous level. And it was all thanks to Trixie Mattel. So why don't you, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? How did, you, how did you guys form that connection? Are you just both fans of RuPaul's? Did that mean Alyssa was a big fan of you guys too? Uh, what was that all about? Uh, honestly, I opened up with her in the first few sentences because she tried to make a V for Vanetta joke like half the other cast also tried. And I told her my entire sense of comedy revolved around Trixie Mattel, and she said, oh, I, I'm a super fan of her as well. 
And for the next 20 minutes, we just quoted various videos from their podcasts and internet series. It was, it was just a really fun time. And for that same reason, Alyssa was also one of my favorites because she just, she not only played the part well, she just made it believable enough that there was a real person behind that screen rather than just the character of a alias. Oh, that's always, that's always very important, especially in a full alias game like this one. It's a little different in OpenID. Um, but obviously, unfortunately, you are, you are sitting here. Um, but you also, I think you played a lot of, a lot of game in a very short time. But I mean, you were on three different tribes in five episodes. So, I mean, I, I don't think the game was moving slowly by any means. Oh, God, no. The, the tribe swap directly after the tribe swap was completely jarring to me. I had no idea even something like that would happen. Were you, so you didn't see that coming at all. Was that, was that common among your castmates? Were you all thrown for a loop by a swap and then get another swap literally 24 hours later? Oh, yeah, no, I heard a lot of things on the, the last tribe I was on about how they just wished that second tri-phase could have been longer so they could get to know more people just a bit more. Yeah, um, you know, games come at you fast uh, this time, especially if you consider this. I mean, you swap at 15 after spending three rounds with one tribe. You swap again at 14, and now this round they're having a double tribal council, but both the players that are getting voted out, um, not only are they not eliminated, even though they're going to have to fight for their right to survive in the first challenge, they're both going to be on the jury, and they're both going to join the merge cast, and whatever negative feelings from being blindsided, if they were, will come with it. So... Although you're not going to be a part of that, are you excited to see that unfold? And how do you think that's going to impact relationships going in? Especially because, again, we've had one person get voted out in the last three rounds, which is pretty rare for any Survivor game, I think. Well, first and foremost, I'm, I'm in this for the drama. I want feelings hurt. I want tears shed. I need a, I need a bit of spice in my life, and this will certainly bring that in. It's just space. Second well, off... Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, second off, I feel like swapping tribes literally three times back to back like this is just going to jumble their minds in a way never before seen. I'm not sure if that's possible with all the swaps. Well, finally. Sounds like you're going to be uh, an interested participant following this for the peanut gallery, even if Wu and Courtney don't necessarily check in as much. I mean, hey, I, I don't have anything else to do. I may as well check on the drama, see what's happening. I'm always in the mood And, you know, you do have access to pretty much everything. You're going to see every tribal council. You're going to be able to see the jury and what they talk about, which obviously you know, it gives you a chance to collect information as well, even if you can't interact with them. You know, you'll be able to read everything just like in Good and Evil. You know, I watched the entire jury file in and watched the game, you know, mold into what it did. So I hope that you're, you know, at least excited to follow that. Um, so what were some of your favorite moments um, from the season? What were some highlights for your journey here uh, in Euro Survivor? Was it the Challenge Zero? Was it the Chinese Checkers? Uh, tell us some of your favorite moments besides uh, talking about Tricks and Mattel with Dominique. Well, by no means was Challenge Zero my favorite. That set me through the ringer that I never imagined. Because I, I had four lines, perfect. It was the final one. It was that red, that pink, and that cyan that threw me for the absolute worst loop. And it stuck me bad. 
I actually liked the the words challenge that I got eliminated on. That was a fun one. And of course, Chinese Tuckers was by far one of my most advantageous moments, even though I came last by a single move. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll get into all of that, but um, I will tell you this on challenge zero. So despite the fact that you took, some, I don't even remember what ridiculously bad time it was, something like five, six hours, you stuck it out and did it. You stuck it out and did it, and that's that's such a great attitude to have, and it's such a great thing to see. So many people will give up. And the other thing is, because you actually stuck it out and finished, Benetta, if you had made it to the top ten, um, you, you still had a chance to be the last one to pick, but four people either DNF'd or didn't attempt at all. So you would not have been last to pick if any of those people survived to the final ten with you. You actually technically you finished 14th place. You finished not even in the bottom three. So I hope that that is some sense of relief. In that sense, yes, it's relief. In another sense, wow, that's really rotted of the four people who gave up. Yeah, no, we. I even said in the, I think it was in the, the Discord viewers' lounge, I said, you know, Vanetta may have finished, you know, with the, the ridiculous time that she did, but props to her for, like, not letting it defeat her and actually, you know, sticking to it and trying it because, I mean, had she made it to the top ten, you know, who knows? If one of those people were, any of those people who didn't finish were in it with you, all of a sudden, you're not picking last in your in your time windows, and you know who knows that could have made a difference. So, you know, perseverance pays off, and I hope that the fact that you actually stuck it out and finished it is something that you will leave here being very proud of yourself for. Because it's hard to do that. It's hard to like. It's hard to keep pushing at something when you feel like you are completely stuck. And a lot of people, like I said, will turn their back and walk away, and you didn't. And I hope that that's something you can leave here hanging hang your head very high on. Well, like you mentioned before, I was mentioning good and evil. I am no stranger to this whatsoever. My famed Ignacio run with my two-hour maze time has essentially cemented me in the history book as one of the biggest slots of all time. But you know what? I came back my next season. I took on that maze. I got second. So you know what? It's a glow-up. I never try to give up or let a big loss like that defeat me. I kind of just let it define me, make a meme about it, come back stronger than ever. And again, that perseverance pays off. And again, I'm glad that you are you know, proud of yourself for fighting through. So um, obviously you were eliminated. We'll get into that as well. But you know, you, you did have some riveting moments along the way, like I said, the Chinese checkers and the, uh, the torch run challenge, which I'm sure I can only imagine what all of the women were feeling like when Kathy pulled Singe out of thin air, even though, now we know it was probably because Marcus probably gave it to her. We don't have proof of that, but um, we're pretty sure. It's just, it's flop behavior. I can't stand it. As my episode, episode title put it, just greedy and petty. I can't understand it. Because, Vanetta, I don't know if you, like, I told you Marcus was Grant in season one. So this is someone, and I just want to know if this makes it worse in your mind. Grant made it to the final tribal council of season one, got an invitation to all stars. And I am talking to people from past seasons about a potential blood versus water season in the works. And he was on the short list to be on that season. So I don't know about you. I think that makes it even worse. I even told him like, I'm not casting you for this season because I want you as back as Grant in a future season. And he still did what he did. And unfortunately, Kathy had to take the fall for him too. You know, it actually makes it a bit more ironic. In another org, I played as Grant, so this has personal feeling to me. Like, damn, you went and did that? And for what? You already made it far in the first time. Why see the need to cheat and collude? 
Yeah, I don't understand either. And I mean, he is the ultimate one that loses in this because Marcus is blacklisted from the series now. I will not let him play again under any circumstances for obvious reasons. Um, I think the saddest thing is he applied as himself and then a day later applied as the Devin Lose version pseudonym. And like, literally, I told him no. And apparently, he can't take no for an answer. Um, just was really, really disappointing behavior on his part all around. But um, the show's not about Marcus, it is about you. So. You were obviously sent home around five, so we'll talk about that. You said you had fun with Quick Draw, even though it didn't uh, turn out right for you. Um, but we'll, before we get to that, last thing, we'll talk about Chinese checkers. What was that like to do that challenge, and how much less stressful was it knowing no one was getting voted out? And what was your favorite parts of it? Um, what did you enjoy most about Chinese checkers? You said something to me on the way out about how win or lose, you got this new experience and you learned a new game. So tell us a little bit about what you thought of everything. Well, I think the fact that I had never played not once Chinese Checkers before that challenge, I was like, well, if I don't have a side of going home and I don't really have a stern belief I'm going to win this, I can at least give it an attempt so I know how to do it in the future. And you know what? I kind of turned it out. I was the only one to make use of the hopping between the safe zones and other people because I don't think they countered that into their thing when watching the explanation video. So I'll take that away as a moral win for myself. And you know what? I got pretty good at spotting moves beforehand, and I was able to tell I lost like 10 moves ahead. So I learned my way around the game in that very short time, and I'm proud of that. You should be. And you guys really put on a good game. It was a lot of fun. All three of you were not super experienced in Chinese checkers, so it was really fun to watch you guys all kind of you know, learn on the fly, and it seemed like you guys, you, Dominique, and Sam, all enjoyed playing that game with each other, too, even if it may not have translated into anything game-related. Yeah, no, it was, like, a nice chill-out session between some friends. We had a great time, just some witty banter along at the start, and, you know, it was just, it made for an all-around pleasant experience with little stakes on the line. It's rare in a game like this that you can safely say that that night there's no risk you can do you can have yourself a good old time without any real worry about the future yep well uh, i guess we can all thank marcus and kathy for giving you guys a stress-free night i do think had immunity been on the line it would have been a lot more tense than it was so i think that it actually turned out to be i feel like it was almost like even though we didn't plan it this way i do feel like the chinese checkers wound up being at literally like the perfect time in the game because here we had such a shitty situation with the removal, you were on a new tribe, and now all of a sudden, you know, you have this challenge where no one has to worry about going home, nobody has to worry about, is their number one ally under the tribe getting screwed by the numbers advantage, you can all just sit back, let your hair down, and it kind of reminds me, if you watch Old School Survivor, of when uh, Susan justifiably quit the game because of what happened with Richard and the lack of, like, action taken, and they all said, you know, we don't want to share the reward that's up here, we want to actually play this challenge, um, with no stakes on the line. So it felt very similar to that. Yeah, no, that that does come to mind when thinking about this challenge. I I was just, I was personally happy that even though in, a, in my own fantasy world, I had the advantage on a tribe with a, with a clear numbers divide, but I, I, it felt good not to just center my whole thinking around the game and just like, hey, let's have a fun time with a new game you've never played before. Even if you make a fool of yourself, you're not making a fool of yourself that bad, so. 
Exactly, exactly. And that does bring us to the second swap. And like you said, on paper, it looks good for you in a couple of ways. Number one, you swapped over to a tribe where all the people from uh, four of the four of the people from Burgoo came over, and you had four women. So I do wonder, uh, what do you think? What do you think went wrong? Do you think it was Nina going to exile? Do you guys even and all want to take a rock for you? Do you think it was a combination of things? Uh, why do you think you're sitting here tonight? I personally think I did the classic move that I always do. Um, I attempted to make a risky move very early and when I didn't really need to. I could have easily just as kept it with, hey, let's try to get Benji out for the fact he messed up the challenge and Nina isn't here, to, you know what, let me make a move that will set me up for late game or send me home right this second. So I bet all my tips in, as I foolishly tend to do, and, you know, this time it didn't come out well. You know, and that's really interesting to point that out because, I mean, I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of for making a move that you feel like would put you in a really prime position to going forward into, like, swaps and merges. So why why did you settle on Keith as your target? What made you think Keith was the person that you needed to send packing to put yourself in that pole position? Well, by that point, I had solidified in my head I needed Benji to flip so I couldn't vote for him. So it was between Sam and Keith. And while I felt Sam would be the most consistent challenge threat, I had actually liked, started to like him as a person. So I figured if later down the line, a time come where I would need him, he might show up for me. As for Keith, he just, he wasn't really present in my times. I bonded more with the girls and Ethan on uh, the second tribe more than I did by any means. He was hardly there for me, at least. So I felt like, hey, if he's good at challenges and I don't have that strong of a connection to him, there's no harm in aiming for him. Oh, no, definitely not. I don't think, I mean, I think, I think that's a perfectly justified reason to go after anyone, even if, you know, it gets you voted out because for whatever reason, other people are talking to that person. Like, I don't think your, your logic was flawed there. Um, I do think, you know, I hope you don't get too discouraging yourself either, Veneta, because, I mean, ultimately, you know, a lot of times it's kind of like what Jeff Probst said uh, in the introduction of Game Changers is the moves don't always work. The strategies don't always work. In fact, a lot of times you strike out when you take a big shot like that. But um, it's the willingness to take those risks and make those moves. There will come a day, maybe you don't see it right now, but there will come a day when that move works out for you and you can look back and go, this is the move that won me the game. And it's, I hope that you don't abandon that kind of forward thinking and that aggressive thinking just because a couple of times you swung and missed. Oh, God, no. The only way to play the game is to play the game. I would rather get to the end of the game seen like as a tankerous bitch who took every means possible to get myself to the end, backstabbing countless people, ruining friendships that I genuinely thought I wanted to keep at the start, then get to the end and be a floater. I need, I need the validation of, okay, I did play a good game. Not just, oh, I kept my head down and now I'm here. So that, um, that brings me to another, to a couple of questions that actually, I, I usually save this for the end of the interview, but this is a perfect segue into this. Obviously you don't have a straight up jury vote. You will be doing a one, two, three collective ranking of the final three. 
Is it safe to say, based on your last statement, that you're not necessarily looking for someone who was loyal or someone who you vibed with, although that doesn't matter. You're looking for someone who took risks, played the game, and wasn't afraid to get their hands dirty and make the moves. Is that what's going to get your ranking vote at the end of the day? Well, yes, in a sense, depending on who's there. Because if, by the God forbid, Nina's there, she could have done a perfect game up until, like, after I've been eliminated. But I, I just have the memory of her failing every single challenge and just lucking out by circumstance that she wasn't voted out. So that would honestly bias my opinion. You know, she has been in exile the last two rounds, so, you know, we have no idea how the vote would be different if she wasn't at exile. Right? She's got luck on her side, but what can I say? Sometimes that's the best thing to have in a game like this. You just need a bit of luck, and your odds can change like that. I mean, that's very true. I mean, luck... I mean, I think a lot of people underestimate just how much luck goes into these kind of games. Um, you know, I can speak for myself. Uh, the last time I did well in a game was Arcana. I made the finals there. I haven't even made a jury since then. It's just been like one knockout punch after another for whatever reason, some on me and some not. Um, and I was probably going to go home at the final 13 and I convinced somebody to use an ill-advised tribal skip on me to get me out of that tribal council and I never received another vote again. Um, but, you know, again, I was doomed in final 13. I got a second life and I used it. So, you know, luck is something that comes down to, I mean, look at all the different factors that are out of your control in a game of Survivor, right? You have swaps, you have good swaps, you have bad swaps. In this game, you also have Exile Island, which is a whole other animal in and of itself. Um, and, and you got to take a trip to Exile Island and also, you know, very much by luck. I mean, you were the only one who didn't get to pick your bag, but Dominique and Sam drew the two bags that did not have the red rock in it. So case in point. I mean, I don't think luck is more so underestimated as it is uh, frowned upon. Because everyone wants to remember the person who went, oh, they played the balls-to-the-wall game they could. They did. They manipulated. They masterminded the game. That's someone memorable to root for. Instead of, oh, he got lucky in a few challenges and played his cards right when he needed to. That's no one to really look out for. I think it's just people take into account what makes them seem more grandiose and protagonist-like. Uh, but there's all manner of ways to play the game that's just not, well, trying to control everything like I tried to do. That is true. There are a myriad of strategies you can use uh, in a game of Survivor. So speaking of which, you did go to Exile Island the one time. Um, what did you think of your experience there? Obviously, you did not come up with one of the idols, but... Um, I do think it's safe to say you've played several other games. I think Exile Island is very unique in Euro Survivor. I mean, have you ever been in a situation like that before where you're literally cut off from everything else in the game? Other people, your tribe, the board shuts down for you. Um, that had to be a new experience on some levels. Well, in a, in a sense, yes, it was a new experience, but much like Good and Evil, I was uh, in season, I think, 18, was it? I was sent to Mitassian because I wasn't high rating in the popularity poll first challenge. So it was weird seeing the game go on around me for all those rounds as I was just stuck with this small group of other outcasts. But Exile, that's a whole new beast because you have nothing. You have like maybe one or two other people to talk to. People you may have never spoken to once before that one venture. 
so and the game goes on around you where you really can't see anything that happens and it's completely out of your hands so yeah exile was a very jarring experience to say the least you know it's, it's changed fortunes in this game though so we'll see uh, if anyone changes fortunes here so Obviously, again, we got to your. I really appreciate though your your insight about the fact that you you went for broke and you struck out. I think again, that's admirable with uh, your vote up. So let's talk about the people on your tribe. They obviously are a tribal council right now. Nina's in exile again. Who do you see going home in the next literally two hours from now from your tribe? And is there anyone from your Medina tribe who all, of course, voted you out? Is there anyone on the Medina tribe that you are rooting for, despite the fact they voted for you, or are they all dead to you? You know, I'm rooting for uh, I'm rooting for Sam first and foremost, because I'm pretty sure he had a little something to do something to do with the vote itself. And you know what, game recognizes game, and he was clearly playing something along the lines of what I was trying to do, but probably uh, carried himself a lot better in that regard. And I'm also going to root for Joan because. Honestly, she was just really fun to talk to. So committed to the act of an alias that you can barely see the person behind it. And I don't know what it is, and I feel it's contradictory to what I said I liked about Alyssa, but the, the sheer determination to stick to something fake and make it something of your own, that's just wild to me. I just, I really like that. Oh, I'm glad that you uh, you brought that up. So, so one other thing that we'll bring up uh, for you here, just because, you know, I kind of loosely talked to you when I recruited you to play the game about, oh, I would love to have, like, an endurance rep, and then I don't know if that went into your, your rep choices or not, but you put a bunch of endurance people, and you told me that you didn't even know who these people were, as far as I remember. What made you want to go the endurance route? Was it just because of what I said, or was it just, like, you could see yourself being, like, an angsty teenager and having fun with that. Was it a combination of things? Because you definitely, like... Vanetta's definitely, like, one of the more sassy endurance reps. Um, and, obviously, I saw that she was on your list that I gave her to you. I, it wasn't my first choice. I wanted Cinnamon, but she was not on the rep list. And I'm like, well, now that I've thought about endurance, I may as well take one as a consolation prize. I, I couldn't remember the series itself. But I, rec- but I remembered some players that I vaguely liked, so I tried to search through them and just put them on my list and see where it may land. So did you ultimately feel like uh, I, I got a good fit with you with Veneta? Because like I mentioned, uh, when I mentioned in the application process, we are a little different here at Euro Survivor in that very few people actually get their first choice of reps. A lot of people get like their third or fourth choice or I pick for them because they can't think of somebody, and I say, well, I think your personality fits this particular character. So I'm wondering, do you now that you've spent two weeks as Miss Veneta, um, ironically playing in the city of Valletta, which is not lost on me, um, do you feel like I gave you someone who fits you well? Um, honestly, yeah. I, I quite grew attached to playing as Veneta, and I'm personally really proud of the direction I went. I uh, I kept it classy for the most part while uh, slowly trying to edge my way into a more game-forward thinking way of speaking to people. And I feel like I stuck really true to myself. And I don't know, maybe as Vanetta, it just made it easier for me. 
Yeah, you definitely brought some sass sometimes. You got an episode title quote, which I do hope, if nothing else, you leave here feeling happy with that, um, that you got to get yourself on the episode guide. That's that's not necessarily an easy thing to do, especially in a cast with this many characters, like you mentioned, Alyssa, Joan, like, we don't have a shortage of people to pick quotes from the episode, and yours went out. I mean, I, I usually try to bait some quotes in to see if, like, oh, maybe if I say something inspired, they'll pity me a little bit. But that, that episode title I came up with completely off the top of my head. I was just in, I was in the moment. I was just feeling myself. I was pissed. Because not only had I grown to like Kathy, to find out she was a cheater and to find out she would most likely stab me in the back first chance she got because she was already predetermined with someone else. I don't know. It just pissed me off. I felt, re- I felt some type of way about it, and I voiced my opinion. Yeah. Um, well, like I mentioned with Kathy, um, I, I don't know because we haven't spoken to her since the removal. She hasn't talked to us. Like, I, I'm not sure, and I still – you'll hear it on the, the podcast that myself, Sue, and Tim did uh, when I put it up later tonight. But uh, we're not sure how, like, culpable in this Kathy was. But we definitely know that, like, I think Marcus recruited her in here. Like, I'm not sure she realized she knew that what she was doing was very against the rules, although I think she should have, but she seemed very new. Um, so, you know, when the game ends, everything that went down and how we found out about it will be – will come to light right now, obviously, to protect the integrity of the game. We can't be super forthcoming with all of that, but I do hope it sounded that when the game ends, you're curious to see what exactly went down and how it all turned out and why we removed them. I don't particularly care how it really turned out, because in the challenge, I don't know, the introduction to the game itself, in the biggest, boldest, reddest letters you could possibly have got, um, you straight up told us that colluding between other tribes was not allowed, and specifically stated that twice, I think. So unless Kathy's problem is that she reads at like a third grade level and is unable to understand basic concepts, I don't see any justifiable reason that she should have been colluding with Marcus. I'm, I'm only not laughing because I'm on I'm on a, I'm on a microphone and I've already been caught cackling like a witch on a previous podcast and I don't want to repeat that but uh, that that was fantastic and I can't wait for everyone else to hear that uh, when this is done so uh, at this point you've kind of mentioned Dominique you've mentioned a couple others so who ultimately go on the record do you find yourself besides Sam um, rooting for Sam and Joan like I'm assuming it's Dominique or Alyssa but is there anyone else maybe that you want to see do well here um, and do you think that a woman can get back into the winner's circle, men outnumber women in the series, four to two, right now? I fully believe that a woman is going to have the possibility to win this game with as many strong people and personalities are on, are just behind the minds of us. But overall, I'm rooting for, I'm rooting for Alyssa. I'm rooting for Dom, Sam, Joan. And you know what? I'm even going to root for that Jonathan fellow, because he was, he was just so innocently sweet, and I think it'd just be really funny to see if he would have it in him to win the game, because he really just seemed naive and uh, just innocent to me. It was I mean, kind of comforting in a way. Yeah. I mean, imagine that journey, Vanetta. I mean, going from spotting the logic puzzle in public and me having to delete it, to winning the game. Just imagine that for a moment. <laughs> what a ride. That's a vlog. That's a glow up and a storyline if I've ever heard one. 
All right, Vanetta. So we are going to wrap up here with you. I really hope you enjoyed this. So one of the last things I do, and it's something that I hope will leave you really smiling at the end of this, is um, I ask every one of my guests of honor here on this show at the end of it, uh, what is a song I should use to play out and end this podcast for when I upload it onto Anchor FM for you and everyone else to listen to? Uh, either a song that you dislike, a song that you feel defines you as a player or your experience in the, in the game. Um, whatever really is on your mind, what what song should I use to uh, to close this out? That's really, that's really nice of you to ask, but most of the songs that I currently have online are just the hardest EDM beats, and it just doesn't fit the vibe. But I have a song that I think might work well. Have you ever heard of, Car- of Caravan Place? Could you type out that name? I did not, I could not hear it very well. I'll try to, let me find a video real quick. Cause it's, because there is a song that I think would fit rather well, all things considered. In mind, or it's something where it's like really, really loud. Um, and I'll play it, but I've, I have suggested to a few people uh, in the past as well. Sorry about that, when we had a little impromptu commercial break there, meaning I typed in correctly before I should have. Vanetta, you were saying about your song, um, you were going to post a video. I could not hear the name of the song that you were um, going to list off. So what was the song you were going to pick? I'm sorry about that. I'll, uh, I'll send it over to you in, the, in PM, because I have it linked. Saying was, I always um, I can suggest songs to people when uh, okay, you know I can if I can find this on iTunes to download it because I don't use Spotify, I have Apple Music, so obviously I don't have Spotify Premium. I can find it. Uh, I will do this. It's Wonderland by Caravan Palace is the one you put up. Um, could you maybe give me a little background as to what um, what the song is about, just so I kind of uh, am prepared for what I'm about to hear? Well, based on the video alone, and as well as a bit of the subtext and the lyrics, it's a girl, an average ordinary girl who when she's alone, lives out massive power fantasies in her head, as if she's the most untouchable creature in the world. And honestly, I think that really sums me up quite well. Delusional, but with a just a vibrant imagination of what I could. Imagine a trip to you know what? I like that. So, with that said, thank you very much for coming in, Vanetta. Any final thoughts before we uh, head off into the Malton Sunset here on the Island of Malta? Just to live it up, look how the streets turn up.